Hello, listeners, and welcome to the 13 Weeks of Halloween. <laughs> Hello there, Sam. Hi, Pissy. And hello to a very new friend to the podcast. She is a math whiz. She is a Disney freak. (laughs) She is a a witchy... What's the word I'm looking for? Guru. I think guru. (laughs) Yeah, druid. (laughs) You are are a guru for, for all magical people. Uh... And one of our very good friends. Everyone say hello to Patty Kiernan. <laughs> hello, hello, hello. Uh, yeah. That's Hi, Patty. me. I'm more on the stat side than the math, but I do do calculus occasionally. Uh, none of it means anything. Well, you, it's all like anytime there's numbers, it's math. <laughs> <laughs> hey, money is math. That's, it's the only math I'm interested in. If I'm well, that's honest. why I do stats, because it's all about job security, man. We can go on tangents on that, but I'm not here to talk about math, am I? No, thank God, <laughs> because if we were talking about stats. Yeah, I failed statistics I, twice. So, did you? Yeah. I never took statistics. I had to. It was part of my major. I took algebra two like four times. I took it once in high school and then like three times in college, because I went obviously to a liberal arts college and... I, I, you had to pass, like, I didn't take any of my, uh, uh, what, what's it called? The test. AP. AP. I didn't take any of my AP tests. So I was like, I didn't test out of math. I didn't test out of English. I had to take all of them over again in in college, which was fucking stupid because I took, uh, AP English in high school. I qualified for the test and didn't take it because I'm stupid, but I got to college and I failed (laughs) algebra two like three times but the teacher liked me because i was at least funny so she, every semester she'd be like oh you're back <laughs> and i think eventually she just let me go because she was like i can't have you waste any more money in this room <laughs> see the difference between that teacher and me because i teach it is that i'd actually make it so you pass because i'd throw in the dirty jokes <laughs> make it relatable you make dirty math jokes are you kidding me i mean 69 that's a given no no let's back this up when you're talking about stats right okay for stats the stats the most famous statisticians are those who were involved with gambling and alcohol i mean i mean the the tea table the came from Gossett, who was an Irish statistician, or sorry, he was English, but it was done in Ireland, for Guinness, the alcohol company. He (laughs) had to figure out a way to make it so all the beer tasted the same when the recipe was stolen. So yeah, I can find a way to relate to everything. Wait, the recipe was stolen? Guinness's recipe was stolen in like 1900-something. Don't ask me the year. I'm good with numbers, but I'm not that good. I love that you're like an amateur historian. No, it's, (laughs) I look for ways, I'm sorry, I'm gonna find something that'll connect. Yeah. Right, this is where I 
like why I'm the Disney guru too, because you know what? Most kids out of high school go to um, pre-pandemic, they go to Disney <laughs> during their final year of high school, right? Yeah, right. So it's fresh in their mind when they come into my first year stats class mm -hmm. and we'd go in and I'd be like, all right, so how are you going to avoid the lines? <laughs> <laughs> You it's taught them how to cheat Disney. The, the fancy term that you, that it's called is the time-dependent traveling salesman problem, also known as how to get on all the lines without paying for the for the fast passes, and in the shortest amount of time. Is that a thing? Yes, it's actually uh, one of my friends, Len Testa. His favorite. <laughs> uh, he used his master's thesis on it, and basically, what he did was, you can. Make gotten, a lot he got of money. an A because he got all of his he teachers in with their children. He got a master's degree and, is, and now has money. He, he sold his soul, his master thesis, <laughs> <laughs> to make it so he came up with this plan with with a cal an algorithm that made it so you could figure out what order to do the rides in that would get you there in the shortest amount of time with the shortest amount of walking. But does is the algorithm is the answer to the algorithm always the same or no? Does it, change? it changes every time because you're dealing with humans, mm. and mostly, mostly, mostly <laughs> humans. Are, I was like, it's Florida. <laughs> let's let's be fair. And this is where I'm going with that. You're dealing with humans, and humans are stupid in in groups. Exactly. One human, okay. Two human, uh oh. Yeah, exactly. Right? <laughs> so it's going to change every time the weather changes or. I don't know, a kid gets out of school or someone gets sick. Everything is changing with it. So it continuously changes, which is why it's an app on a phone. That's, yeah, that's fair. Basically, this guy's got data on wait times going back 10 years. Really? And he does it for Universal, too. And, uh, yeah. Does he just make his money selling wait times? Uh, it's not wait times. It's an app that he, he made a lot of money. Very, very nominal. Less than $20 a year. People give him one per family kind of thing. Yeah. And you go to Disney and you put a list of things. I want to do this, 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 this. And on the app, it'll give you live results with like 30 seconds delay. If you're doing um, preview, like at home, if you're looking at it or mm -hmm. at a, on a regular computer, not trying to do it while you're in the parks, you can pre-plan it out and it'll take about a minute and you'll have the best plans you could have. He does forecasting, predicting how to save money. He's my hero. What's the app called? Because <laughs> I'm sure all of our listeners right now are like the app licking is their lines. pens. Um, and it's called Lines? Lines. And I, there it's was by a similar app that came out in com. gay bars. Um, yeah. Uh, Disney basically just put out their new Genie app where they're charging people for it. Uh, and it's they, the same they basically they 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 misuse the words. They said to maximize the amount of time you are online. <laughs> <laughs> Which is everyone's first thought when going to because Disney. Because I want to wait on more lines, not less. <laughs> Did they do that though just to avoid the lawsuit? Uh, there's Cuz Disney is usually pretty I don't think Disney gives no, a Disney crap. their lawyers can defend anything. Hmm. And it's it's a matter of do we have that kind of money to throw down to argue and and nobody has the kind of money required to shut Disney down when they do something stupid like Except this. Except maybe Scarlett Johansson. Possibly, and I, <laughs> we're, we're I still so hope to find she out. wins. <laughs> she better. I'm just saying. <laughs> I hope she wins. And there's also there's an author who's suing them because they were using they're using his story to do something i think they were using it to do a short like one of the pixar shorts really? and they didn't want to pay him mm -hmm. 
So he's suing them too. So I hope he wins and I hope Scarlett Johansson wins. It's such a shame because Disney is like, it's such a magical thing for so many people, but the people who run it are literal demons. So it's like, <laughs> what? This, this, by the way, is going to get our podcast shut down so fast. Oh, no, tomorrow. no, 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 it's, it's, it's an ad. Yeah. No, Disney it is will not an money. ad. <laughs> <laughs> Legally, I am required to say this is not an ad. <laughs> Glenn is like, no. <laughs> Glenn's packing his suitcase. He's like, I can't go against Disney. What the <laughs> Hamster versus mouse does not work. (laughs) Okay, fine. (laughs) Just saying. It's an ad for uh, our podcast's lack of knowledge. That's what what it is. It's an ad for... Uh, And speaking of our podcast, welcome back to another week of (laughs) the 13 weeks of Halloween. We are in week nine now? I don't know. No, it might be... We're going into week like nine or ten. I can't remember. I have to be honest with all of you. It has been quite a week for me. I have been away <laughs> for for about two weeks. Uh, you were listening to our our wonderful episodes while I was gone. We had our episode about Halloween costumes and about uh, Halloween four with Joe Lascola. Those were all recorded before I left, and uh, I was away on a hiking tour of the. Pacific Northeast, uh, Northwest, Pacific Northeast, Pacific I don't Northwest. Think, I don't think it's the Pacific Northwest if you don't make it to like Oregon and Washington. We were in Montana, which is next to Washington. Okay, maybe. We were, we were, we, okay, I just had a fucking stroke. But um, we traveled, first of all, endlessly. <laughs> <laughs> and we drove through Pennsylvania into Ohio, down into Indiana, into Iowa, drove right past uh, good old Pete's, what, what was it, South Bend, Indiana? I think, where is he from? Pete Buttigieg? Is it South Bend? or is I it... think it's South Bend, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I think so, because I think it's the same place where no- Notre Dame is. Yeah, it's one of those places that I'll never go back to. But it doesn't I... matter. <laughs> It's not like you stopped to say hi to Mayor Pete, so. No, nor will I. But um, I- I'll tell you one day about my my Mayor Pete story, because I do have one. <laughs> <laughs> but um, we, and we drove through that into Illinois, by Chicago, which was a hellhole coming home. Uh, and then after Illinois, things in my brain get a little fuzzy because I'm very bad at geography. I want to say Wyoming. Maybe. Possibly. It's in that general... I know Missouri was in there somewhere and Wyoming. And then it, basically we originally drove up into South Dakota. And we stayed in South Dakota for, I think it was three days. And it was... I'm going to say something I never thought I would say. I loved it. Okay. I loved South Dakota. I was going to say the outdoors. Okay. <laughs> 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 I like the outdoors. I liked South Dakota. I mean, you know, no place is without its issues, but it was really beautiful. The The scenery was absolutely gorgeous. We went on some amazing hikes. We saw four bears uh, mm-hmm. in the wild. Not even, <laughs> not, I wasn't in a gay bar or anything. I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> Their names were Scott, Adam. <laughs> uh, yeah, we saw a lot of bears. Uh, I have pictures. If you go on my uh, Instagram, they're they're in there somewhere. I don't know where I put them, but you go on my Instagram at Pissy Miles. You you can see pictures of my travels. A lot met a lot of 
crazy characters. Went to the best restaurant of the trip was in Sioux Falls, uh, South Dakota. Okay. And it, it was a place, it's a chain in the Pacific Northwest. I keep wanting to say Pacific Northeast and that is just not a thing. <laughs> Pacific Northwest. It's a chain called uh, Mackenzie River Pizzeria, something okay. like that. But in Sioux Falls, they had, th- the thing is like, it's franchised, but every place has a slightly different menu. And in Sioux Falls, they had this like really great menu with like a lot of like vegan options for Bob and Jess. And Kevin and I were eating like poutine and, and, uh, fucking, I was having like barbecue bacon cheeseburgers. It was the, with Gouda, smoked Gouda. And it was like, we got there and we were like, what the fuck is this? There's food in South Dakota that I want. Uh, <laughs> And it was amazing. I loved it. I loved every minute of it. Uh, And then we went to Montana, which was different. (laughs) Not bad, but different. We went to Yellowstone and had uh, probably the most upsetting experience you would have had, which was we saw in the wild uh, several wolves. Oh, the gray wolves. That's, that's, they have a very famous, famous uh, pack of, of gray wolves. Really? In in Yellowstone? Yeah. My aunt worked for the park services at one point, some side organization kind of thing, and she ran the lodges and the hotels. Really? Um, So, yeah, she drove, I drove out there with her once, and she made a point of pointing those out. She also made a point of laughing at me when (gasps) we were driving by the uh, buffalo. (laughs) And there's a baby buffalo that is like, I can reach my arm out of the car window and see oh, yeah. it. And then the mother's head pops up and I'm like, roll up the window faster. <laughs> oh my God, we're going to die. <laughs> the buffalo are... Huge? They're huge, but it's like... The buffalo are to West Yellowstone what like the white-tailed deer is to New Jersey. It's like yeah. to anyone who goes there, they're like, stop the car. I want to look at the bison. And, and meanwhile, everyone from Montana is like... Get out of my yard. Like, <laughs> like nobody wants the buffalo. The thing that scared the heck out of me was specifically the horns being in that proximity to my head. I mean, th- that's a fair. Yeah. <laughs> because, They're massive. And she's laughing at me going, you know, that window's not going to do anything for you. I don't care. It makes me feel it better. It really won't. But it, it makes really me feel won't. better. And what's funny is when we saw the wolves, we were like, we were driving through. There's a part of Yellowstone called uh, Lamar Valley, I believe it's called. Um and there was this like huge open plane, mm-hmm. like huge, huge, huge open plane. And you're on this like ridge driving along. I told you about the ridges. Yes, you did. It wasn't, this part was not that bad, but um, the it was a beautiful view and we were driving and basically the rule of thumb anywhere in that area, whether it was uh, Glacier National Park, which we were in, in South Dakota or in West Yellowstone, wherever we were, if you saw people parked on the side of the road looking at something it was probably a wild animal and we were driving and we saw like a bunch of cars just stopped and we pulled over and we were looking and we were like i don't see anything (laughs) (laughs) we were like all these people are looking at nothing we actually even did that to people at one point just pulled over because kevin was like oh i think i see something and we looked and we were like ah there's nothing there and right as we were getting ready to leave like four cars pulled in and we were like we just created a traffic stop it was like it was it was kind of funny like you could easily quite easily create traffic disruptions in Yellowstone National Park but that's another story so we pull over and all these people are standing there and we're looking and we're like there's nothing fucking here so Kevin goes up to a guy 
next to us and he's like what are we looking at and the guy's like there's two wolves out in the in the field and i had like i had said to jessica i was like I'm going to do something really dumb and I'm going to spend $60 on binoculars before mm-hmm. we go into Lamar Valley. And thank God I did because it actually allowed us to see the wolves. But it was like, it was from such a distance that you, I don't think it would have bothered yeah. you at all. But I was like, this probably would be <laughs> your least favorite moment because there was, n- I mean, we were standing outside yeah. the car at any moment. They could have run. I mean, it would have taken a long time. <laughs> it would have been like, uh, what, what's that movie? It's like the where, bulldozer in Austin Powers. Yeah, basically. <laughs> no! Uh, it, that would have been us waiting for the wolves to get Because it was like, everything... Have you ever been to Yellowstone? Many times. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, obviously, because you saw yeah, the bison. Yeah, yeah. I was like, what? You don't have bison in your backyard in New Jersey? Um, yeah. Uh, it's... Everything feels much closer than it is. It's like... There was one point where we were driving <laughs> to Yellowstone and we were driving uh, towards, it wasn't the Tetons. I don't know what the mountain range was, but we were driving towards this mountain range and we were in the middle of nothing, like big flat land, nothing. And we were looking and we were like, well, we can see our destination. And it says like two hours from here. Mm-hmm. And we were like, and that way is about double that. We were like, I think we're looking at the like span of New Jersey, like in this field in Montana. <laughs> Quite possibly. I, have you ever had that moment when you That's, were out there? That was the problem I had with Pennsylvania. Once you get past the mountains, it's just flat. Yeah. I mean, that's literally and like everywhere. I can't deal with that. I'm sorry. It's too flat. There is such I a like thing as too mountain. flat. Or water. I like to be able to see something. I like mountains, although I will say, after this trip, having visited the mountains, I appreciate them, mm-hmm. but I don't know if I'm a mountain person. Okay. I think I'm more of like a hilly countryside exactly. kind, of, kind of woman. <laughs> you got it. The big thing there is you want to have flat, but see something on the horizon well it's not even on the horizon like uh, there can be or like hills and big hills but i don't i don't want to be on a mountainside oh you know no what I no mean? nobody wants to go uphill in the snow it's not even it's the, in the ice for me that it's like i we were we were okay so in glacier national park which mm-hmm. is in south dakota have you been there yep have you we gone did to, the grand tour the whole way out yeah. so you did going to the sun road yep it is the most horrifying place in the world. <laughs> it is literally the scare. Jessica was like, dri- Jessica drove the whole way. We were in her in her SUV. And I'm sitting there and I'm having the time of my, I'm like, this is beautiful. This is great. Oh, we're going up. Okay. This is fun. Look at this beautiful, Lake McDonald, gorgeous. Look at taking pictures, having a wonder, we're going up. That's funny. Okay. Look at, there's an animal. There's animals that, oh, a bear. Look, there's a bear. We stop, we look at the bear, we keep going. We're going up. And then all of a sudden, you're like on the edge of a cliff. And you're like, excuse me. This This was not in the pamphlet. And then there's like, you're driving up this road and it just, its you're driving at like a 98 degree angle. And it's like, <laughs> and you're like, this is extremely uncomfortable, number one. And number two, then you look to your left and there's nothing. 
It's just like if you slipped, you just it, it would be like a like a Looney Tunes like a <laughs> like down into the abyss. And that did not sit well with me. Kevin and I were having basically a meltdown in the back seat. And I was literally like, if the if the valley was on my left, I was like leaning to my right, trying to keep the car's right side on the on the It's like we're on the other side of the road. Like it was a full road. And people in the Midwest or the Pacific Northwest are fucking nuts. Let me tell you this. You, if you live in the Midwest, you're fucking nuts. Because <laughs> they're, the roads, they have, there's like thousands of feet to the ground, <laughs> I'm assuming. Like, at least hundreds. Like, it's 600, 800, 1,200 feet. Who knows? <laughs> so many feet. And you, you're driving up and you're like, well, there's got to be a guardrail. <laughs> That's funny. It's made of like Lincoln logs. I'm like, who did this? Who planned this? What fucking maniac was... What hill person was like... <laughs> what hills have eyes motherfucker was like, yeah, this should do it. It was horrifying. It was my least favorite part of the trip. But once we did that, then we went back down. We did uh, Avalanche Trail, which I think is one of the more famous ones. That was my favorite one because we... we <laughs> I brought a, a thing of unsalted peanuts... And there were all these, like, small... I forget what they were called, like, ground squirrels or something like that. What are okay. they called? The little squirrels there? You mean the groundhogs? No, they're not groundhogs. The... They're, like, they're like little oh, squirrels. Things. They're not chipmunks, but they're, like, oh, not things. the big fluffy gray squirrels from the east. So... Look, I'm from the squirrel. <clears throat> from, I'm from the squirrel. I'm, I'm from Jersey. <laughs> and I'm from the it's, squirrel. It's either a rat or a squirrel. If it's yeah. got a fluffy tail, it's a squirrel. Exactly. But th- these had fluffy tails, but they were small, like little red squirrels. I don't know what they're called. But we were like feeding them by hand peanuts. <laughs> <laughs> and it was probably one of the more interesting. And people were getting so mad at us. They're like, you're not supposed to feed the animals. And we we're like, eat my ass. Uh, Bob is playing Snow White. Literally. Bob, Bob was like... Bob was like the animal whisperer on this whole fucking trip. Except when we went to Bear World. Because okay. we did go to Bear World. Uh, and I'm almost embarrassed to say it because it was basically like like Tiger King, but with bears. <clears throat> but Kevin wanted to meet a bear because they're his favorite animal. And it was literally like the saddest place in America. Like the animals are like the, at, at the gift shop. You could buy like a package of peanuts to feed the animals and a gun to kill them because they don't want to live anymore. Like that was oh, no. that was the kind of place this was. <laughs> Uh, but it, the bears were adorable. And of course, like, I, I think Kevin got the bear to purr. I didn't even know they fucking did it. I didn't know that they bears. could do that. They um, purr. Are we talking about the same kind of bear here? Yeah, they were like, they, I mean, they were black bears, I think. Again, are we talking about the same kind of bears here? I believe so. <laughs> okay. None of, none of them were wearing purr. leather, so. <laughs> just, okay. just, you know, they purr. <clears throat> Yeah, these were like they a were, cat. Yeah, okay. they were like little. Cu- they were cubs. They were only like. Oh, okay. They're little. They don't know bear. Yeah, they were. I think they had been born in the spring, so they were like eight or nine months old, and they were sizable. They were probably like eighty pounds. Mm-hmm. Um, so you couldn't like hold them, but right. you could like bottle feed them. Oh, okay. And, and it was, Kevin they were lost adorable. his mind. Kevin had a great yeah. time. Like, <laughs> and and it was it was that was a very enjoyable part. But it was like 
very commercial. It was, yeah. they're like, we're a conservatory. I'm like, yeah, okay. Um, it, it was, here's what I'll say. I enjoyed getting to meet the bears. I would not want to give my money to them again. That's okay. how I feel. Okay. You know, just okay. for the sake of the animals. Uh, but that, yeah, that's the basically the wrap up of, and there are so many other stories. We stopped in all kinds of places. We went to a place called Whitefish, which I didn't know was a thing, uh, let alone a place. And there was a store there. There was like a, it, it was not a witchy store. It wasn't like a new age store or a witchy store or anything like that. But they had witchy shit. Um, and there was a woman there named Madison, I think. Madison and this was in Whitefish uh and Madison is the best person because she is anywhere between 40 and 140 and no one knows (laughs) and she's like kind of frail but like looks like she's lived a life yeah you know what I mean Mm -hmm. with like dark hair and glasses and she talks like this this is <laughs> Madison. The my the quote that we were qu- saying to each other <laughs> over and over because we heard Madison actually say these words to one of her coworkers while we were shopping around the store. She was like, she said something to the effect of, I don't remember the first half of the sentence, but it was something like, he looked at me and he asked me for money, and I was like, I only have nine dollars, and so. <laughs> And so the quote of the evening, and really, if I'm being honest, the trip was, I only have $9. And anytime money came up for any reason, it did, it, someone could have been like, uh, is one check okay? We would inevitably look at each other at the, at the table at the restaurant and be like, I only have $9. It was, that is, that is unofficially the new motto of my spooky game family. We only have $9. Uh, we met Madison. There are so many stories. I think what we're going to have to do is after the 13 weeks of Halloween are done, we're going to have to have everybody on yeah. and do like uh, a my spooky gay road trip recap. Mm-hmm. The one thing I will say, and then I'll let it go because I don't want to eat up the whole episode with talking about my trip. Have you ever been to Nebraska? I've been through it. You've been through it. You didn't stop. Not really. No. No. Don't. <laughs> okay. The entirety of Nebraska should be treated like Camden. Just don't oh, stop for okay. any reason. Uh, Nebraska is moist. Okay. And the whole thing smells like... Like if you ate rotting meat and then oh. farted. <laughs> oh. That's the smell of Nebraska. And we ended up staying in this hotel. It was called the Countryside Inn. Uh, and I'm going to name it by name because it was fucking awful. Uh, they had jacked all the rates because the only college in Nebraska, all seven of the people who went there uh, were on the football team and they were having a football game. So we uh, we ended up paying surge prices to stay in basically a glorified motel that had like the saddest. Con- I walked in and I was like, what is that odor? Have you ever walked into a place and been like, there is a smell in here that I have never smelled. And I've lived a long (laughs) and crazy life. (laughs) And I don't know what this smell is. I was like, this place is going to be in an episode of 2020. (laughs) 
Like there is going to be a 60 minutes about the countryside in, in whatever, I think it was Lincoln, Nebraska. Are we talking about a rotting flesh kind of scent? Like it's hard to say because it smelled like rotting mildew that had been smoked. So the answer you're looking for is yes. Is that death? (laughs) But the weird thing to me. The the weird thing is like the hallways smelled fine, but because we switched rooms like four times, and every room had this weird odor. And I don't know what it was, and it was very uncomfortable. Uh, I'm pretty sure Jessica's getting her money back because she uh, is... I I believe she's claiming PTSD. I believe. (laughs) Was there a red room? A red room? (laughs) (laughs) I think every room was a red room, if I'm being honest. It was horrifying. It was one of the... I've traveled to... been in some shade. I get dressed in the basements of bars in New York City, and I thought this was filthy. It was horrible. It was literally the worst place in America. I don't stop in Nebraska. I'm sure the people of Nebraska are horrible. But uh, <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm sure the people there are very nice. Not any of the people we met, but many of the people there are probably very nice. But it is just a different world. The Midwest is just a. It, 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 I kept saying on the trip, it's like, I enjoyed so much of it. It was very different for me, but it is really, you don't, it's one thing to have the discourse online where you're like, we're all the same people. Everything's the same. Like we, we, you know, the like, the like hippy dippy, like let's hold hands and sing, but it's just not true. Like we are not, <laughs> we, I'm, I'm not even sure we're the same species. It is just a different world going <clears throat> into the the middle of the country and not a bad one i'm not saying it's bad but it is much different it's just not your kool-aid it's not even that it wasn't mine because there were places that i loved montana was beautiful uh but nebraska isn't your kool-aid no nothing in nebraska will ever draw me back unless it's a paycheck (laughs) in which case are there gay bars in nebraska i mean there must be at least one Check the comments. Right? Check the comments. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think anyone from Nebraska is listening. Uh, I I, I don't know. If there's a gay bar in Nebraska, please let me pick my hotel when you hire me. That's all I'm asking. (laughs) (laughs) If there's somewhere good in Nebraska, please let us know. Yeah. If you have been to Nebraska and you enjoyed it, please tell us why. (laughs) (laughs) Tell us where we went wrong other than that hotel. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But I, I don't want to ramble on about, about my trip anymore. Um, Patty, <laughs> it is a joy to have you. You uh, are obviously one of our very, very good friends. Why don't you uh, Why don't you tell everybody a little bit about yourself? You are, uh, you describe yourself as Druid, yes. right? Uh, yes. How did you come to be Druid? Oh, dear. Um, I'm not straight. I was raised <laughs> Catholic. And voila, no. <laughs> yeah, basically, that is the recipe for... for it's, it's the basics of it, right? The, the, the recipe for a millennial pagan is <laughs> be Catholic and, and be not straight. Yeah, basically, no. I was raised Irish Catholic, mm. uh, which means very much Druid. Yeah. Uh, basically, the folks that I work with now as an adult and a Druid um, are... Some the same folks I worked with as a kid in the Catholic Church, only they're not called saints. They're called 
gods, mm-hmm. goddesses. Yeah. I mean, they literally, no hating here. The, <laughs> <laughs> the Catholic Church realized when they went to Ireland, well, it's easier to convert them if we just say, okay, that, that deity Bridget, we'll just call her Bridget of the Gales. We'll call her Saint Bridget. Exactly. Um, <laughs> and and that type of thing. They took all of, all, a lot of the, they did a little time travel in there and stuff like that. And <laughs> <laughs> creative numbers in there. But they took a lot of the stories and the myths and the legends and made them legends and stories. Mm-hmm. They took gods and made them kings um, and all kinds of stuff like that. So, yeah, um, I started off Catholic. I have been a practicing pagan since, actively practicing since the 90s. Don't ask me what year. I can't even count them. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I've been here for a while. How did you get into, because originally you were you were uh, part of Blue Star Wicca, Yes, correct? yes. I, I had, I did I did start training with Blue Star Wicca. All right. So my <laughs> let's let's go through the basic basics. <laughs> I started off, I went to a dumb supper around Halloween or Samhain in Could you way back when at is? a dumb supper <laughs> is basically where you prepare a meal, you eat the meal, and you do it all in silence while thinking about a ancestor whether it be one that's directly related Mm -hmm. to you or someone who has passed on and has impacted your life ever so much right and you're inviting them and you're you're doing their favorite things and it's it's a way of honoring and sometimes you can have a little chat while you're at it (laughs) (laughs) um but i started off by going to one of those at this wonderful woman called lady sue i don't care what she tells you to call her she is lady sue (laughs) <laughs> she goes by Weird Sue sometimes, but no, she is Lady Sue, poor little porcupine in Piscataway. Um, and then it's just a part of Jersey. Yeah. <laughs> um, then from her group, I got hooked into Gog, Grover the Other Gods, in ADF Druids, mm-hmm. um, out of New Brunswick. I uh, worked with Gog for quite a while. As a part of Gog, I... Um, Gog, the group of the other gods, the ADF druids were part of, um, they were meant to be the public face of paganism. Mm -hmm. So you have your internal thing that you do or your private side. And then the public side of your eight big holidays a year, you go out and you do your thing in a public group. Right. All right. No circles, nothing where it's closed. It's all open and it's the public version. Right. The, um, when I was... In college, I was a member of RU Pagans, uh, Rutgers University Pagan yeah. Student Association, yada, yada, yada. Um, the, at one point in time, was the longest continuously active Pagan Student Association in the U.S. Really? Oh, yeah. We, we had some street cred. <laughs> <laughs> New Jersey really does get... get- the best credits. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Just saying. Don't talk about football and we're good. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I start off, I got involved with uh, Rupsa, Rutgers Pagan, and through Rutgers Pagan and Grove of the Other Gods, I started working with several friends who were Blue Star Wicca and got training in that. And 
years later, oh my God, it's been decades later, here I am. <laughs> Ta-da! <laughs> Ta-da! So for for the people listening who don't un- who don't know the difference, can you tell people how you would describe the difference between Druidism and Wicca? Okay, Druidism, <laughs> the big difference. The Druids are the historians. Right. Um, you did not have to be male to be a Druid one. Mm-hmm. The Druid side is also um, very much based in historical Indo-European. And with Indo-European, basically, we're talking about um, everything that was near the European continent. I concentrated primarily on um, the Celtic pantheon because I'm Irish. And that was, despite my attempt to go elsewhere, that was who attracted me and who claimed me, said dibs, what have you. (laughs) Um, So the big difference between the blue, the... Um, Wiccan and the Druidry is the Druid side is very much scholarly and very much um, publicly open. We do not draw circles. We don't lock things down where it's um, the burning times. Oh my goodness, it's very secretive. We can't let anybody mm-hmm. know. We're very much out of the closet. <laughs> uh, we, when we are having our rituals, it is traditionally within the tradition that I was trained in. Um, we use the, the gates. You're, you, the other world and everything is all around you all the time. Mm-hmm. So you don't need to have any special equipment in order to have a ritual. Whereas with Wiccan things, you have to call the quarters. You have to have your, your very much pomp and circumstance, yeah, very high your brow. It's like your... Catholicism versus Methodism. Yeah, basically. Exactly. <laughs> it's, it, that's, exactly what, that's exactly what it is. You've got your high church, which would be your... Uh, Wiccan, where it's very scripted, and then mm-hmm. you've got your uh, druids. Um, we know Poor our the stuff. Witches. We know our stuff. We can do things on the fly. We're really smart. You need all those things in order to do what we do, mm-hmm. but we can do it lowbrow. Yeah, we can do it highbrow. It doesn't. You don't. You don't need the bells and whistles. But and and again. I think it's important to say, I don't think anyone sitting here would say that if you are the type of person who enjoys the bells and whistles or who feels that they're required for your magic. I don't you think can I, still do yeah. that within within the framework of, of Druidry. You can still do that. You can exactly. still be highbrow. <laughs> yeah. It's just the group that I gravitated toward is very lowbrow. We are the black sheep of Druidry and that's okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> very much what I do is um all about with rather than having the sacred number four for when you call the quarters as a wiccan circle the druidry is the threes every ritual has several key things you must go through in order to get through it um but how you get there you can do as long as you have the set things that you've got to do you're good to go like the start of every ritual you're going to have three chimes mm-hmm. or some sort of clear defining start then you're going to have a call to purpose then just like you very similar to things that you're doing in wiccan rather than drawing the four quarters we orient people rather than using a horizontal axis or flat mm-hmm. like like pa- table flat yeah um the druidry uses all f- the 3d Right. Yeah. It's not only where you are north, south, east, and west. It's also sky, sea, 
and land, or as I prefer them, well tree fire, mm-hmm. uh, because even the druids know that WTF. <laughs> um, but you've got your an- ancestors, your nature, spirit, spirits of place, and your gods and goddesses. You've got your low, your midrange, your high. Mm-hmm. You've got all these different three. It's everything is done in threes. Right. And it's a different dynamic, a different dance, but the music playing in the background is still the same. Exactly. And I think that's probably the way of it for most pagans. It's like, we're all doing things a little bit differently. And you say you do things one way and this group does things another way. But I think at the end of the day, we're all going to the same place. (laughs) (laughs) Potato, potato. Exactly. Um, It's so interesting to me that you ended up uh, kind of exploring Wiccanism and then were drawn to Druidism. What what was it about Druidism that you were like, okay, this is definitely more my this this is definitely more my field. This is my field. Um, mostly, I like the the group that I work with for Druidry more than it's not that i don't like the wiccan groups it's not that i have hate it's nothing like that mm-hmm. it's just i like the lowbrow comedy because you know what i need lowbrow comedy more than i need the stick up my butt I've had i don't my know time what you're talking about that. i am a very highbrow comedy kind of person. <laughs> i'm just saying i used to spit splinters <laughs> they had to surgically remove that stick from my butt all right I, I, I like my relaxed group the other thing i like about it is it's more on the fly it's more academically oriented which is kind of sort of where i go not all um, Wiccan groups are not academically oriented. I'm not implying that at all. It's just that was what worked for me. Plus the right. Irish heritage kind of hit hard. I ran from it. I tried to avoid it. It was not going anywhere. You know, Sam and I have talked about this on the podcast before. There's something about having Celtic heritage that like, it just kind of, it's like, no matter how you cut it, one day it just kind of catches up with you. <laughs> Yeah, no matter what they say, you're mine. Exactly. Yeah. And dibs. You know, we we were raised in a family that was like half uh, Scotch-Irish and half, I'm going to say, quote unquote, half Italian. <laughs> Dad is already cursing. He's listening to this and he's like... <laughs> and French. There's French. Uh, Italian and French and French. Um <laughs> And for a long time, having grown up in dad's house, everything was Italian, 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 Italian. And even our last name uh, is is very Italian, our, our given well, last name. Mine not anymore. Not anymore. <laughs> yeah, but you know what I mean. Our, our, yeah. Details. Yeah. Our, our given last name was very Italian. Very Italian. With an apostrophe well, and everything. Except for the fact that it originated in France. Well, yeah. Except, except for the fact that it is literally a place name in France. In France. But, yeah. but anyway. Uh, but then it, it got to a certain point in adulthood, especially when I started, you know, looking into what was out there beyond my... Because we were obviously the same, raised Catholic. And then at a certain point, I started describing myself as agnostic because I did not feel Christian. I didn't identify with Christianity. I think that's probably a way many LGBTQ people feel. Um, Not all by any means. I'm sure there are a lot of LGBTQ Christians. But 
I think you get to a point where you're like, this doesn't feel like a community for me. <laughs> and so you start to look out and say, well, what else is there? What, what am I missing? And as a kid, I was very drawn to, to magic. And then as an adult, kind of explored it more seriously and realized, oh, this is actually something that appeals to me and that uh, makes more sense to me. That said... It, it's a very um, it's a very interesting thing that happens when you get drawn back to your roots. And I think that that's what happens to a lot of people who end up practicing Druidism. Yeah. The other thing with, with me that really, honestly, that put it in lock was that the Celtic mythology and the Irish side was that you don't, you're not afraid of the dead. Mm-hmm. And I had lost my entire, a majority of my family. The Mm -hmm. people who raised me had passed away very traumatically. And as a result, um, trying to deal with that grief process and, and, and dealing with all that, it kind of made it so much easier to gravitate toward that mythos rather than the Catholicism where it's very They're much... They're gone and watching you. Yes. <laughs> this way you get to have a relationship with them. Exactly. You can have conversations. <laughs> just look to the West and talk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're there, but it's not like they're the spooky, I'm going to scare you kind. Um, yeah. Those are fairies. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> no, no let kidding, me tell I'm you. Kidding. You do not mess <laughs> with the fairies. Oh, believe me. I have had plenty of fairy fuckery <laughs> in my life. They will eat your soul. <laughs> uh, yeah. So all of this is to say we wanted to get everybody to understand a little bit more about your background in in terms of magic and and what you practice in your life. How did you two meet? Because you and I, Patty, met through Sam and Sarah. Uh, I met uh, Patty through Sarah. Because Sarah was teaching at Middlesex Yep, we met as a part of work and I saw her and she vibed pagan. <laughs> yeah, because neither of us one were... of those. How do I dance around this without outing and causing trouble? And we just got to be friends. We happened to have our office hours at the same time, or something mm-hmm. like that. And I actually started off a conversation with her by going, "So you sound like you might know something about Blue Star." Or... And she was like, I used to shop there all the time. <laughs> that's exactly where she went. And I'm like, okay, so that's not where I'm going. Because it's a good general, based on She's the like, response. Caldor's can... was wonderful. <laughs> you know? Blue Star, for those of you listening who are not from literally exactly where we are in the universe, uh... Blue Star is a shopping center <laughs> in in Wachung or yep, Wachung, yep. in Wachung, New Jersey, yeah. uh, and it it was a kind of a central place for all of us. That like Toys R Us was there, so every little kid grew yeah. up knowing knowing exactly where Blue Star shopping center was. And it has nothing to do with paganism, Not a which is thing. also where it's a great way to just throw it out there and be like, okay, which way do you go? <laughs> so went shopping, she... and I'm like. Oh, okay. And then we just continue to chat and BS because I'm friendly and I talk a lot. (laughs) It's just what I do. And eventually we started talking. She was getting married to Sam. And we just talked and talked. And and eventually... We We went to uh, you and a bunch of other people were speaking at Rutgers. Yes, at Rupsa. At Rupsa. Yes. 
And that was where I met you the first time because Sarah made me come to that talk. There you go. And we were doing a talk on Druidry on 101. Druidry 101. Yeah. What, what would you describe as Druidry 101? With that particular thing, we talk about the holidays, our basic baseline of how you go through a ritual. The wheel of the, the year. The the, yeah. <laughs> not even the wheel of the year. It's like, look, every six weeks we're going to meet. Oh, okay. <laughs> and because those, the holidays happen to mathematically, and this is why Irish druid, yes. Um, mathematics. Statistics? How dare they? <laughs> I know. Oh, my God. Hey, that wheel of the year keeps spinning. We keep getting through each year based on the, the, the druids are the ones who push that wheel of the year. Mm-hmm. Like, we're the gerbils in the wheel. All the way to Stonehenge. <laughs> <laughs> and beyond. Um, but every six weeks, we're going to have some sort of meetup with some sort of holiday. And these are the things that are going to happen at the holiday, no matter what right. the theme is, no matter how, what actually is said, these are the key features that we're going to go through. And if you had anybody you knew who was Indo-European at any point in time in history, they'd be able to pull out at least a little bit and be um, understand what's going on. So if you had a different pantheon and that was your thing you could at least be like oh okay i see what you're doing there we did something similar but instead of using grape juice we used blood (laughs) 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 or something along those lines you know yeah yeah exactly um so all of this is to say now you all have a better understanding of why we brought patty here for the conversation we're having today um we are, of course, now in the week of 13 weeks of Halloween, <laughs> and we are rapidly approaching Halloween, but uh, that is a very, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I have had a very Appropriate? long Appropriate? Appropriative? On point? <laughs> uh, it's a very secular holiday. Halloween yeah. is a very secular holiday, and... And we wouldn't want it any other way. (laughs) Hey, it's it's my new year. Yeah, it is. Everyone waits for Halloween and then you're like, okay, Dick Clark, moving on. Um, And the funny thing with with the Druid side, um, the way the Irish calendar works, between you have a missing month where basically between um, Halloween or Samhain and Yule, you had that month that that 13th month that really was like <laughs> what's going on so uh, yeah what the fuck is that it perfectly <laughs> explains the skip over everything from christmas from halloween direct to christmas exactly because they were Who like cares about uh, turkey <laughs> they're like and we have uh nothing and christmas um yeah so we are going to be discussing the pagan uh, festival which is Samhain and we have talked in depth about Samhain before on the podcast we've talked about how we celebrate how other people celebrate but we have never really gone into this with uh, someone who is a really intelligent pagan <laughs> we'll say experience Exper- Sounds experienced like, serious intelligent you? I see how you go intelligent <laughs> This is what you call in the druid. Yeah, we we have we have never had a really really experienced, profoundly experienced pagans input on uh, Samhain here on the podcast. You're giving me the vapors here. The vapors. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and if you want to know how to get the vapors, the answer is go to Nebraska. It's moist as hell. Yeah. Um, so we thought it would be fun to invite uh, one of our most well-informed pagan friends onto the onto the podcast today to talk a little bit about witchy ways to celebrate Samhain, which is the 
pagan festival of death. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna let you drown here. <laughs> no, it's not. It, I'm, I'm. It's it's kind of hard to describe. It is it is death, but not in the. It's the a rebirth and death and rebirth and and succumbing to the cold and you mean winter coming back around. That term you're looking for is winter. The well, whole yes. thing, the whole the whole the whole histor- history behind what what was going on at that at the Halloween time mm-hmm. is that. At this point in time, you knew how much food you had to last the winter. Exactly. You knew which cattle weren't going to make it. You knew which grandparents weren't going to make it. <laughs> you knew how, because you knew you had X amount of meals. The Irish are metal people. Just yeah. gonna, <laughs> this is extremely metal. You don't, you don't get to cry. You can't be emo and Irish. Not the old way. No. What was me? Oh, congratulations. You're one of the people who aren't going to get that meal. <laughs> I don't have feelings. I just put everything right here and then someday I die. Yes, right in that who gut. Said just that? John Lennon. I, I, I was like, I was like, we because we listened to comedians to and from the, and that joke was made, yeah. and I was like, who made that joke? And uh, it, it is a great joke, fabulous. <laughs> so we have Patty on today to talk about the uh, the approaching winter festival, but of course, that festival does involve a lot of. Uh, a lot of mythology and a lot of spiritualism surrounding death, rebirth, and uh, kind of moving through the cycle of not only the year, but of life. <laughs> if, if you look at the way the year is set up, right, you've got the new year, which is the baby. Mm-hmm. We're about that point in time where you're at the end of retirement, mm-hmm. but not quite on your deathbed. Yeah. <laughs> if, if, if you're talking about, you know, that kind of level. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's it's that time where you're supposed to be able technically to go out, go out and do that traveling around the world. So you have this big party, which was normally a bonfire, because mm-hmm. Irish fire, let's do it. <laughs> Mamas and fire, done. And with it, what you're do- exactly. with it, what you're doing is one of the things that we would do is you'd have this big, huge fire and you'd refresh and you clean all of your fireplaces, your hearths. Mm-hmm. And you'd extinguish the fires from the last year. You'd bring in the new fire. You basically, from this big, huge fire that you just had, everybody brings a candle and puts it in a gourd. Hey, a pumpkin. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and you bring it home and you, and you refresh your fire that way. Mm-hmm. It's one of the many times that that would happen. Depending on where you're from, your mileage may vary. Um, <laughs> disclosure, disclosure, disclosure. Uh, because with Ireland, you can go one town over and have a completely different situation. Yeah, but that's kind of the beauty of of the kind of the village system of of, of Western <laughs> Europe is that the traditions varied so greatly, and it's kind of one of the things I love so much because obviously we're we're Irish and and we practice a lot of Irish uh, ritual, but we're also Scottish and Scottish ritual is entirely different mm-hmm. and equally interesting, e- equally, uh, in my opinion, like warm, there's like a warm feeling about that, that place in the world. Uh, and, and so that's kind of the beauty of, of having this discussion because today we're going to discuss not only why Samhain is important, but we are also going to, uh, talk about with you how to celebrate it because it is, it is, it can be a very confusing festival, I think, for a lot of people. A lot of people view Samhain as a very dark festival, and in some ways it is. 
But it is not. Not if you're looking at it from the Irish side. Exactly. Because if you're, if you're a drunk Irish person, it's great. <laughs> hey, hey, not all Irishes are drunk. Right now. Right now, yeah. Some of us can't. but it's that general lighthearted happy yes exactly because the irish aren't afraid of your dead because the ghosts are not what's going to get you Mm -hmm. it's the fairies and i keep stressing (laughs) that for a reason those suckers are terrifying if you've got some iron wear an iron cross around the name of this episode this episode is called but fuck the fairies no 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 why why this festival is so important um and how to celebrate if you're interested in celebrating like a pagan this this year uh you and i actually i think the first time i want to say the first time we met because it certainly wasn't the first time we met but one of our first witchy interactions was a Samhain festival with grove of the other gods and it was probably one of the more interesting experiences of my of my pagan journey. By because, by this, do you mean it blew your mind? Something like that. <laughs> <laughs> it was very interesting because at the time I was very much a novice, which is actually how I'd probably still describe myself. I don't I don't consider myself a very experienced pagan, even though I've been practicing for quite some time. I it was a really interesting thing to view because I had never practiced in a group before. I'd only ever practiced on my own. And it was a very interesting way of looking at the festival. One that, uh, first of all, I didn't, I had never experienced, but that I didn't even know was a possibility to experience. Mostly because of the ancestor work, which was the most interesting part to me. Uh, basically, what we did at with, with the Grove was we... Uh, opened the gates mm-hmm. <laughs> and we honored the ancestors and you actually actually it was it was Trish who got okay. to do it that year but uh I believe it was using um a a story or, or a metaphor that had Always been is. that had been honed by by many many people before it was the story of the mustard seed oh oh that one okay now I remember. do you want to do you want to tell it um <laughs> It was actually, that wasn't, uh, that was a story from her life. Basically, she took a mustard seed and pointed out how they're compared the size of the mustard seed to the size of the, um, the, um, words. The big thing where the planets are. The universe. universe. <laughs> big word. The biggest um, word. Yeah. And basically, if you look at a nine by nine foot by nine foot room and you took a mustard seed, that's about the size of the planet Earth compared to the universe. And it's just one way of looking at things and thinking about where you are. And I believe for that one, that was part of the... It may have been part of one of her, she was doing the gods and goddesses um, invocation, Mm -hmm. or it could have been a um, starting meditation, one of the two, one of the two parts. I think it was the starting meditation. But yeah, it's one of those things where we have all these stories and everyone is different. And that's one thing with ADF that I like is no two rituals are the same. Mm -hmm. 
and a lot of people get the opportunity to lead them because there isn't really i want to say there isn't a hierarchy but there it's not it's, a strict hierarchy that is how that particular group works um other groves work differently where you have your um senior druid running everything mm -hmm. uh we have the dick also known as druid in charge that's g-i-c we drop the K, um, who is in charge of you making know, sure we hit all the points we have to hit. Yeah. And then you have the go. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you've got somebody doing main invocation, which is the key. There are two parts that are set beforehand for every ritual. Everything else can be done on the fly. So let's... Let's... Except the kitchen witches. The kitchen witches are also. Oh yes, they they are mandatory. I am sorry. Yes. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yes. So let's break this down a little bit for people who, who have not done this before. Can you go through, basically your Samhain ritual, or or the ritual that you would do with with Gog, just so people have a, a frame of reference as we talk about this. All right. The, the order can be argued and debated because, mm -hmm. again, you can have different themes going for where where you want to end and start off at any point in time in a general ritual. Right. Um, so in the sets of threes, you can have them in different orders. But more or less, everything starts off with a clear opening, normally three chimes um, or something along those lines. Um, I have done three, three beer bottles opening. Yeah, <laughs> I have done something as as silly as that to three maids straight of up uh, using a singing bowl three times, all kinds of things. A what? Singing bowls, you know? Oh, the, the, yeah, 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 yeah. That that traditional, yeah. Because um, <laughs> it depends on what the, what the, where the theme is and where you're going. Exactly. Then you do a quick meditation to make sure everybody's head is in the same place. You do a quick statement of purpose again to make sure everybody's in the same place. We know where we are. Um, then we go into the directions to figure out where people are physically. So now mm -hmm. that you're mentally here, we have physically, where are we? And you set up where you are in the physical realms. So you point out, okay, to the north, we have insert hotel here or <laughs> insert battleground here or insert themed thing here. We've done fast foods are my favorite ones. The White Castles, <laughs> trying to figure out where you are in relation to the White to, Castles. To all the White Castles. Yeah, it's a really fun thing to look up and, and figure out where you are. And if that's your job during a ritual, your big ultimate, oh my goodness, my first time I got to do anything was to figure out where we were and I had to find all the, all the food trucks. <laughs> well, there's the one on this street and that street and that street and the really good tacos are over there, yeah. et cetera, right? <laughs> It depends on the theme. It depends on whatever. But you've got your, this is where we are in a flat on a map layout. Then you set up your vertical axis. That's the up and down for those of you who are not mathematically challenged or who are who are mathematically challenged. <laughs> um, but your vertical axis is the well tree fire. That is the well would be the folks that are below. Your tree is everything in the middle. And then your fire is the stuff above. Before you get to actually pointing out where that physical pace is, you'll normally throw in a invocation to the outsiders, specifically honoring them and saying, look, these are things that don't belong here right now. These are the things like the car crash you passed on the way in, that guy you gave the finger to on 287, <laughs> <laughs> local major highway, um, <laughs> that... Uh, co-worker who sent you that email that pissed you off that 
annoying uh, bill you've got to pay. The, the things that don't need to be here right mm -hmm. now. And you, you just give them a space. And it's like, look, I'm going to leave you over here. I will pick you up at the end of the night. But for now, I'm going to put this to the side and pay attention and try and be in the moment. Mm -hmm. um, once you have that set up and you've got the the those the outsiders taken care of, and we also give them something. We don't just say, get out. We don't care. <laughs> yeah, just say, fuck off. We're not we don't that sit Jersey. there and, and <laughs> try and stab a knife at them. And be like, get out. We back, back, you evil demon. No, it's just chill out here have a beer go away we'll talk to you later yeah <laughs> <laughs> have some brownies whatever <laughs> all right um and then when the person doing the offering to the outsiders comes back hopefully sometimes they end up disappearing for the rest of the ritual and just take a walk around the block and you know end up at some bar nearby because hey whatever <laughs> <laughs> um, that sounds very specific like it might have actually happened many times okay <laughs> and for some reason it was many always times. me <laughs> except for me it was a lot of times stuff your face or um ice cream places and yeah and okay. just there is a really good ice that cream looks place. thomas sweets yes <laughs> <laughs> oh i think i'm gonna get a double fudge hot sunday yeah yeah let's let's do that oh look, there's a chop, chocolate it. shop next door <laughs> i know I and then five hours later you've got yourself a tattoo a haircut and some ice cream and you're like <laughs> oh shoot i was supposed to go back <laughs> So sometimes, yes. Somebody that, distracted me. Because it's the outside. It's one of the things that you take on when you're saying, okay, I, I'll, I'll give a gift to the outsiders. Mm -hmm. Your hope is you don't want to be the one who goes away. Yeah, you don't want to be the gift. <laughs> like, as long as you come back, we're good. Yeah. <laughs> In one piece, preferably. Yeah. So after you... After you uh, Say goodnight to the outsiders. Then we do some praise for the ancestors um, and the folks who have passed. That could be blood relatives. That could be straight up Edgar Allan Poe or yeah. the guy who made that for math formula from Guinness, mm -hmm. uh, Gossett, to be specific. Well, but <laughs> you, we've talked a lot about ancestors, but we haven't really discussed what we mean by that. Could you go into detail about that? Okay, so if I was going to describe my ancestors, mm -hmm. I'd be talking about one part would be the people who raised me. Mm -hmm. One part would be my junior high prince school principal. No blood connection whatsoever, but made a huge impact on me. And it's probably one of the reasons I made it through um, high school. Mm -hmm. Just straight up sweet and simple. Then you go into um, the folks who are, have absolutely no relation to me, who I've never met, who have left a very big impact on me. Um, like, again, I like this one Irish guy who created this really cool math formula that most stats are based on is a really big thing in my life mm -hmm. and it's like hey all you're doing there is you're not saying you must be here it's hey we're having a party sometimes you want to get the invite sometimes you want to show up mm -hmm. it's nice to be able to send it back saying oh darn i've got a schedule conflict i can't show up yeah but getting that invite is it's is, nice it's yeah <laughs> There are things I would not invite my grandmother to. <laughs> Sometimes I'm not going to call for them. 
<laughs> Sometimes I'm going to say, hey, we got your favorite chocolate brownie with peanut butter recipe. You might want to show up for that. Yeah. And it's just, you're just throwing out a thing. And if you get that warm, fuzzy feeling inside, sometimes you do, sometimes you don't. Um, it's just a way to think and, and reflect and offer them a space. Exactly. Um, at this point in time in any year, the veil is the thinnest. So if you're going to get that warm, fuzzy feeling, this is probably one of the times it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and then... Once we've got the ancestors, we do gods and goddesses, which is any deity, including the Catholic Christian deities. Um, It doesn't matter what your pantheon is. I might not chill with it. You're just saying, hey, here's a shot for you. You don't have to show up. Yeah. But you don't want (laughs) to piss them off either. You know? (laughs) And then we'll also, and that's a separate person. There's songs that go with it. There's everybody gets up and says something if you want to. There's a whole spiel with it. You call in your own. Then you've got the um, nature spirits and spirits of place. These are things that people forget Mm -hmm. a lot. Um, And these are where you don't want to piss off the fairies. (laughs) A lot of fairies, I lump in there because it's like, you know what? That parking spot fairy, (laughs) I'm going to offer you that shiny uh, thing of ball of twine or something you know here have that shiny copper penny or yeah i know it's not accurate but that's okay (laughs) it's copper colored here have that milk and honey let's be more specific yeah (laughs) um or the cat that died or the internet (laughs) that wi-fi thing is huge for for a a nature spirit and a spirit of place that empty highway that traffic free day on route 18 or on the parkway or on the turnpike that is giving them that offer of hey here's a shot just for you here's that (laughs) shiny piece of chocolate that you like i'm just giving you street cred it's just that way to i don't want to say appease but to thank them Mm -hmm. for doing whatever they do yeah just to say, hey, thinking of you, you this, uh, thanks for everything. Yeah. Um, and then... Then we get to the Well Tree Fire, where, yeah. we, where we open physically open the gates. We build the gates. So you've got your, you know where you are, north, south, east, and west. Mm-hmm. You've got everybody shown up. And then you've got, you're standing at the door of the party, basically. So mm-hmm. you're setting up the foundation for that door that you're going to open up and be like, hey, party is here, kind of thing, right? <laughs> <laughs> so with that, you're going you're gonna to have your well, which is the anything below and deep, your tree, stuff in the middle, your fire, the stuff above. And that also keys in with the three other things we've already talked about, the ancestors, gods and goddesses, and nature spirits and spirits of place. You, you also have... Um, so with that, what you're going to do is once you have that, that once you've described the place that you're at, everybody can visualize where you are. You know where you are. Mm-hmm. We're going to then have a gatekeeper, keeper, a bouncer, <laughs> somebody who's going to basically be like, you, you can come in. You, you should probably, you know, that, that grandmother that doesn't need to be there, <laughs> that knitting circle you're looking for, that's on the porch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> doors down the hall or you know what that's where that that cupcake is wherever that outsider person is especially <laughs> important to Beltane. yeah 
<laughs> you got <laughs> go find the cupcake yeah, it's kind of things where it's like hey you, i know you got that invite you don't need to show up you're cool to come through you're not cool to come through and you're basically you're not demanding that they show up but you're saying hey would you help us out and bounce for us mm-hmm. we'll give you a cookie <laughs> or a drink and do you? or something to, oh yes <laughs> you give them their favorite of whatever because you're asking them a favor exactly all right and then once you have everybody everybody's there you've got that door open you know where you are you can then talk have that main big person your main deity your main thing whether it be the holiday or some particular pantheon or somebody from a particular pantheon being like yo hey if it's ladies night you don't want to have you know anybody who's not identifying as a lady showing up i don't know yeah (laughs) you're not calling lou you know, <laughs> that's going to get some trouble there. Because for those of you who don't know, Lou is a ladies' man. Um, he is a ladies' he is man. A, uh, but is everyone else looking for Lou? Pantheon. That's the question. <laughs> you can, he, he will argue with you on that one. And I am not going to get in between that. I'm going to sit here and watch eat my popcorn and watch you guys fight. Yeah. <laughs> That's a L-U-G-H for those of you who are trying yeah, to Yeah, not like Crazy Uncle Lou from yeah. Bayonne. It's like... <laughs> no, it's like, like Lou the frat boy. Um, yeah. <laughs> Irish hero deity who... Um, sun deity uh, comes across as very much a frat boy with his attitude. Mm-hmm. Um, especially if you read the myth- mythology and the stories and just the personality that comes through most to me when I'm working with him. That, that overall is basically um frat boy (laughs) (laughs) he's always there for the party he's that great big brother yeah um but you call in whoever you're calling in as your main person so you've got everybody here you've got the guest of honor you've got everybody everything is set up now what are you going to do that everybody's here well you're going to have some sort of praise, some sort of, woohoo, we're here, let's have the party. Mm-hmm. And in that, that is where we throw in, after you've got everybody there, you've got the main invocation, you've got all these other things, you can then have your praise where everybody says, hey, this is a thing that happened to me in the last six weeks, or this is a thing that happened to me that's very important, or sing a song, or, and it's, it's any combination from individual, which takes forever. <laughs> I say that because if you get 30 people together, because it's about the size of the people that would show up pre-pandemic. Right, yeah. <laughs> uh, and you give them each three minutes, that's 90 minutes right there. I know. It, ta- it can take forever to do individual. And if you do group praise, that's just chaos. I know. And, and that is fun. And, and it is. <laughs> Because everybody just gets noisy. You hear somebody crying and wailing and other other persons laughing their butt off and somebody's doing a headstand. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Druid rituals can be quite a circus, but the best kind of circus. And it's, it's a lot of, it's a lot of fun because everybody, even within, even within the group is having a different experience. Yep. And that's what makes it so wonderful. It's very much an an individualized group experience. Mm-hmm. So if your experience for the ritual was that person who went off and did the outsiders and had your own thing, mm-hmm. well, that's what you experienced. Everybody's different and that's cool. 
And that's mm-hmm. basically one reason why I'm like, hey, I like this group. Um, but once you're done, once everybody's had their say and their thing, their their moment of this is what happened to me and this is what's going on, or yay, go me, go this, go that, what have you, yay gods. <laughs> <laughs> um, we'll do a um, some sort of oracle, whether it be tarot or... Mm-hmm. Um, scrying or some sort of straight up oracle cards or some sort of divination method what's your stones once or twice yeah we've done rune stones we've done om or ogam o-g-a-m for those of you who don't speak gaelic (laughs) (laughs) what's your favorite uh Oh, give Oracle. me a fire scry. <laughs> give me a fire scry any like, day, but that's got to do with my training. I was like, let me give her an opportunity to, to talk Let's about talk fire. Let's talk about flames, please. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a bit of a fire bug, but not in a bad way. Yeah. We don't, I, I, we leave, only I like don't have the gasoline near the fire. fire. No, just, just the white gas. Just the white stuff, which is kerosene or um, stuff used for Coleman specifically, yeah. the lantern oil. <laughs> yes. it, it makes pretty colors. <laughs> it yeah. does make pretty colors. It also almost burned my eyebrows off the last time I had fire with you. I've got the pictures. <laughs> <laughs> the flames are like 40 feet high. Yeah, We're but like they go away for real me. quick it was crazy. Them, and I do it safely. Yeah. I am not advocating <laughs> trying to do a fire in your living room. Please don't. Children, put the matches away. <laughs> um, these are always in safe spaces. There's yeah. always... The... And safe spaces usually means outside. Yes, outside. <laughs> always outdoors. There's always a fire extinguisher nearby. In a There's... dedicated area for the fire. Yeah, we always use a fire pit. <laughs> There's is... always fire tenders. We don't mess around with that. It is very safe. We, yeah. we are stupid, but we do it safely. <laughs> we contain we're, we're our stupidity stupid. that's what it comes down to <laughs> exactly uh so after you've done you've done a bit of you've d- you've worked with oracles what what do you do next um once we figured out what basically the oracle the whole purpose of that is to get what the folks who are not physically present how they feel how it was received um one time we did an oracle and it was basically uh dummy you didn't open the door it's like all this negative stuff where it's like everything is shut and it's like what the what (gasps) oh Oh, we we forgot to have the gatekeeper show up and open the gates (laughs) oops everybody's standing outside in line like what the fuck this is the worst club ever exactly (laughs) and it's like what do i have to do to get in yeah Oh, <laughs> how much money do I give this bouncer? <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, and, and things from that, from, like that, to the overwhelming of look, it'll get better, or you know, this is gonna suck. Yeah. Um. Or. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um. The ones right before the pandemic were fun. Oh, they were in a. Cre- <laughs> it's one of those. It's gonna get. <laughs> you're going to love it and then it's going to get really bad and you're going to be so low which is going to make you happy and it's like wait what <laughs> oh, oh isolation my friend i don't like people <laughs> did you did you scry uh isolation before the pandemic I, i'm not denying it <laughs> I didn't see that the mass deaths, but I, I did see. Why am I suddenly going to be working my? I saw I got something with overworking, overworked, underpaid. 
I teach. <laughs> <laughs> and um, being alone, and I'm like, wait a minute. So I got the hermit? What? <laughs> what? Wait a minute. This doesn't make sense. I teach. How am I going to be overworked and, and alone? alone? <laughs> oh. What's this I, Zoom you speak of? <laughs> and suddenly you're like, oh my God, I'm getting a job at the app. I'm going to work from home. And son of a bitch, were you wrong? Uh, oh, it was wonderfully horrible. Yeah. So moving on from there, we are, we are approaching. Once the... you've got that, you have your choice of whether you're going to accept that omen or not. Right. You don't have to accept reality. You can say, that's nice. I want nothing to do with that. Yeah. You've accepted it, but you don't have to physically, you know, manifest, express that. And with that, we pass out the waters, the waters of life. Mm -hmm. These waters of life are um, Uskibeha, which is also known as, it's the direct translation of water of life. Mm -hmm. Um, Ushi is whiskey. (laughs) Um, Because we have many people who have allergies, etc., we use water for our waters of life nine times out of ten. Other groves use what I call the waters of life and the chasers of life. (laughs) um i love those groups they're fun but um it's hard driving home (laughs) the chasers of life i've never heard it described that way oh please there was a group that i worked with in maryland or went to a a holiday with in maryland and they would do the waters of life after every invocation yeah so all nine (laughs) things that you had before now you're taking a shot and then it became the waters of life, the whiskey. Yeah. And the chaser of life, the water. <laughs> and then the waters of life. And hey, we've got the ancestors, the waters yeah. of life, the chasers of life. <laughs> By the we've time the, the gate closes, so do you. Oh, <laughs> please. Good luck making it that far. Closing time. <laughs> exactly. Thank you, pussy. <laughs> um... And once you've decided whether you're going to accept that or not, mm-hmm. you can either imbibe the water or not. Mm-hmm. Some people decide to pour it out, you know, this 40s for my homie style, or you could do the actual drinking of it, what have you. Mm-hmm. And then um, we thank everybody who showed up. We shut the doors. We close everything down. And we eat. Which is where the kitchen witches come in and they are... and. And the they all wear pro- aprons and they all are happy. Yes. <laughs> if they are in my group, they best have an apron on. Yeah. Sam's like, how dare you? <laughs> and there is always a plate of chocolate stuff for me. <laughs> yes. There's always a plate of chocolate stuff. For and me. there's oh, and there's normally discussion afterward. We argue theory. We are, If you want to have a conversation with a druid, we are faster than a speeding oak. We will make change and it will take forever because we will take a point and we will argue it and we will argue it and you'll be dead before we've come up with the actual answer. (laughs) So, yeah. Uh, And then, of course, usually that's around the time the festival kind of comes to. That's the normal settle down. But we also have the vigil. Right. In pre-pandemic times, because everything changes um but prior to the pandemic 
we would, and we haven't had our planning meeting yet for the, because we have one planning meeting beforehand where we discuss what's going to happen mm-hmm. and then we actually do it. But that's the closest we come to actually writing the out who's going to do what. It's more of with the planning meeting. Okay. So who are we going to have show up mm-hmm. and where are we going to have it? That kind of thing. Right. Um, so we don't know the times or anything like that. Nothing crazy like that. But once we have that set up, we'll do the, um, <laughs> we'll, we'll have the ritual and then after the ritual we will have a vigil that goes all night long right um because again you got to have somebody watching over the tribe while they're sleeping and that's one of the times where when you have the, the veils being the thinnest who's going to make sure the fairies don't go after you exactly <laughs> the the so vigil you- is probably the most interesting part to me of of the ritual because when i first came to to gog for the sound ritual i rem- i was not able to stay all night because i had to work the next day of course and it is and it is an all night you go to yeah. sunrise yes. yes we start at sun the ritual oh that's the other thing before even the ritual starts um we would set up altars for each portion of the ritual right so each uh deity each um representation the gatekeeper the muse oh i forgot to talk about the muse oh my god see this is why i've got issues (laughs) somewhere in there why do i keep scrying (laughs) you know somewhere in that ritual we throw in the muse um normally in the first three right before we have the gate because that's your inspiration person Mm -hmm. Um, and I ditched out, but (laughs) every group within there, the ancestors, gods and goddesses, nature spirits, your main deity, your, um, gatekeeper, your, every, every different area has their own little altar and we set them up right before sunset Mm -hmm. and they stay up all night. And then at sunrise, we take them down. Mm -hmm. So it's really interesting when, the folks because a lot of times we do this in someone's backyard in a college town they would you'd have the frat house next door and they'd be like oh my goodness there's fairy lights and then in the morning they're like i don't know what i saw but it wasn't that yeah (laughs) (laughs) where'd it go yeah (laughs) but it's elaborate and crazy and some people go over the top with it and some people don't and it's always a collective thing it's not a one person does and nobody else can add to yeah um and we do throughout the night there will be uh opportunities for people to put down on paper thoughts wishes etc and at the end of the night, right before we extinguish the fire, we'll let off those. We'll, sacri- we'll basically put the um, their their notations, whatever they had, will go into a fire and be offered up to whoever it was. Mm-hmm. Um, then we will have a reading of the Book of the Dead, and that is not the same Book of the Dead as in some pantheons. That is the Book of Our Dead, or even um, an Evil Dead. Yeah. No, 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 no. A couple, quite a while ago, back in the early O's, I don't know what year, but like the 2000s, we had a bunch of people die in a year. A lot of people kicked the bucket in one year and it hit the grow hard because we mm. had, a. it was really hard hitting. And one of the things we did was we started a book of the dead where we wrote down the names of everybody who we cared about and who had passed on that year. Or the years before for that first year. 
And at midnight, we would at we would go through and read the Book of the Dead every year. So we'd read off everybody's name in that book. So even if they five years later you're not going, their name is still getting read. Hmm. They're still getting that street cred of hey, there's this person and they existed and they were here exactly, yeah. and they meant something. Mm-hmm. Um, there will be normally a puja of some type because we have a bunch of people who work with Hindu deities with our group. Um, it's a completely separate thing, but hey, it works. <laughs> uh, not arguing. You got a lot of time to to keep people awake. How are you going to do it? You're going to do things that are going to keep you up. We'll have a fire in the backyard, a bonfire all night long. <laughs> and you know where you're going to find me. I'm going to be sitting out there huddled, burning peeps that are Halloween flavored, <laughs> because why not? I'm just saying, when you burn a peep, it turns, right before it blackens, it'll turn this blood red like it looks like you're killing it. And oh it's just very... It also tastes delicious, because the sugar caramelizes. <laughs> and it's exactly that color I'm talking about, that red is that caramel color. So you, it, yeah. if you can catch it right before it goes black, it tastes like the topping of a creme brulee yeah and oh yeah my my favorite experience with it was that like i said i had to leave early Mm -hmm. i could not stay the whole time and that's not uncommon i don't think but there was something you had warned me about before i left you were like you're gonna know when the gate closes oh yeah <laughs> because we don't we leave the gates open all night on on how on Halloween yeah. on Halloween on Halloween words are not my friend right now on Halloween we leave the gates open all night yeah and that gatekeeper is working all night all night long, long. All and then long. at sunrise we close the gates yeah and it's an actual act where. If you have um, any experience with paganism that you can actually feel, mm-hmm. the air changes. There's there's a feeling that, that y- it's like, oh, hey, this thing is going to happen. And wow, it did. Mm-hmm. Um, well, what's funny is you had said that to me. You were like, you're going to know when the gate closes. And I was like, sure, Jen. Okay. And I went, <laughs> and I went home. <laughs> I was like, I don't know anything. I'm literally the most oblivious person in the world. Uh, and so I went home, I, I went to bed cause I had to work the next day and I didn't have to be up until like nine or 10 or something like that. And sometime around like six or six 30, I just like sat straight up in bed and it like, just like bolted awake. And I was like, what the fuck was that? And I was like, I okay. And I, I, yeah, basically. <laughs> and I just, and I, but it was literally one of those moments where it was like sat straight up like f- fully at attention and then was like okay and went back to sleep yep. and it was like that was all it was but it, it was one of those moments where i was like oh and i remember asking you the next day i was like what time did you close the gate and you were like yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah right, right right about that point in time yeah mm-hmm. yeah so that is generally what we're talking about when we talk about a more uh elaborate druid Tradition. It's a visceral. It's yeah. It's very visceral. You but, can feel it. Yeah, it is not expected that everyone uh, celebrates this way, and especially people who are solitary witches or people who uh, don't have the means or or the the space to celebrate this way, or even other people around to do it with. Um, there are other ways that you can kind of have a 
a similar ritual on your own, wouldn't you say? Absolutely. How, how would you describe like an easy, like this is like for the independent solitary witch who doesn't have a lot of resources. What is like the easy Samhain ritual? There are a couple things you can do. The easiest ones that I can pull out depend upon whether you're in the closet or out of the closet. And we're talking mm-hmm. about the broom closet. Yeah. Not the other <laughs> closet. Um, but with this, the easiest way is to light a fire, go out and get yourself a charcoal briquette kind of thing, <laughs> or or light your Coleman grill, what mm-hmm. have you, and burn some food. <laughs> no, make your food with fire, and or make something from your grandmother's recipe book, mm-hmm. or comfort food. Make something, and while but while you're making it. Just do nothing but put the intent of, okay, I remember when my grandmother did this, she'd add this much and she'd have this kind of spoon mm-hmm. or use their old cookery or or something along those lines where you make something and you've got that intent going in of doing nothing but thinking about it from that point of view rather than you, if you're right-handed, rather than using your right hand to stir the sauce or whatever, use your left hand. Something to keep your mind constantly focused on the act of what you're doing. Exactly. And be present in that moment and, and do something from that, that would comfort you, that, that someone from way back when would do for you, if you can access this, of course. Mm-hmm. And then enjoy it while, or set a meal and have the meal while looking at a picture of your grandmother or, or thinking about that thing or the people who pass or somebody who meant something to you. Mm-hmm. Even if it's just your pre-pandemic self. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm going to have, because like I've, last year I did one where I was, I did a dumb supper to my classes in person because really? they are not going to be the same. Hmm. Because yeah, no true. matter what, I work with adults, uh, no matter what, they're going to be masked. I like having masks on. I like not, not getting sick and dying because you know, <laughs> asthmatic. Why, that means something to you? Over- oh, 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 yeah, no, no. I'm allergic to four things, air, water, day, and night, also known as everything. Um, and I don't mess around with this stuff because I'm at high risk and I've seen a lot of people get really sick and I don't want to mess with that. Yeah. It's something about breathing that makes me happy. Do you think, and this is, this is something I haven't really thought much about. Um, but speaking to someone as experienced as yourself, I'm curious. A lot of what druids and pagans and, and witches in general, you know, pick a term and, and run with it. Uh, a lot of what we do is nature-based and a lot of what we do is energy-based and, and all of that. What do you think the magical relationship is with covid Oh, we're not going to say population control. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, no. Glenn is like, no, we are not. <laughs> nope. Um, but uh, it's something we knew was going to happen. It's stupidity. Mm-hmm. It's human nature. It's change. And that is what nature is change mm-hmm. everything about you is change just because we lost a certain type of virginity that has happened 
years upon years, decades upon millennia upon millennia. I mean, my grandparents, my great aunt almost died from the 1918 flu. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's just one of those things where, yes, we're going to have pandemics. These are going to happen. These are the bad times. These are the famines that happen. These are, it's going to happen. So it's just a matter of, okay, the, Everything will balance out in the end. It's just a matter of how long before it balances out and who we can appease (laughs) (laughs) to make it so we're not on that list of things that go away. Do you have, has any of your magic work since the pandemic started focused on uh, kind of saying, okay, here's my offering here, here, I, I'm asking for protection or I'm asking for guidance or I'm asking for this Oh, I've relation. been giving my wards all kinds of things. Like I have been praising the um, hand sanitizer deities. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, but things like, yes, that has, it's gotten a lot more of hearth-based and home-based mm-hmm. rather than my external pushing out and saying hi to everybody yeah. and being that public <laughs> side that I can force myself to be. Um, but... Yes, it has changed. It's made us think of new ways of doing things. Um, for a group that is public, mm-hmm. it's hard to be public, and it's made us come up with new ways and new different roles within a ritual and things like that. Um, but yeah, basically, my concentration has always been rooted around hearth and home and keeping everybody healthy and safe. Mm-hmm. So lots and lots of praise to the wards, lots and lots of refreshing wards. And by wards, I mean the guardian spirits, the bouncer at the door. Yeah. Lots and lots of offerings to them. Um, It's made me appreciate my nature spirits a lot more, (laughs) especially that Wi-Fi deity. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. but it hasn't really changed other than the fact that I'm not working with people face to face. Yeah. And the dynamic has changed, but it hasn't diluted. It hasn't changed too much on that side. It's just different. And that's kind of part of who humans are. It's going to change. It's going to be different. Hmm. It's just how I think. Yeah. I'm, I'm curious for, for any of our listeners who are, uh, interested in maybe getting into celebrating Samhain this year or having some resources for how to maybe start looking into some witchy stuff, what what direction would you point them in? Anywhere but Wikipedia. <laughs> no, I, I, I kid. Wikipedia is a good place to start. It's never a good place to end. No. Um, if you're looking for different areas to get in touch with people within your area, a great public organization is ADF, as in Henri Ott Fain. Um, in the show notes, we'll give you the actual spelling. It's Gaelic. And it's <laughs> it stands for Our Own Druidry. Yeah. Um, it's a national organization for um, pagans, for druids, and we have reading lists. We have groups in every state. Um several in some (laughs) and it's a great group of people where you can find your own group that will work for you in your area um there are reading lists uh yeah so the best place i would do would be that if you're looking in the new jersey area and you wanted to talk about gog in particular othergods.org 
That's we will put that in the show notes. <laughs> O-T-H-E-R-G-O-D-S dot O-R-G. It's important to use that dot org yeah. because the dot com gives you something else. <laughs> it's used to be a um, Dungeons and Dragons naming website kind of thing. Oh. And I was assuming you want porn. the org. I just, anytime someone says something else, I'm like, oh, it's porn. No, if it's, it's not, a website. not that kind of something else. The, the not, the, just the not, these are not the druids you are looking for. Yeah. Wrong kind of druid. Wrong kind of druid. Patty, thank you so much for joining us well, today. thank you for having me. It was absolutely our pleasure. Um, if you guys are interested in learning more about uh, Patty or about... Uh, druidism or witchcraft and how you can celebrate Samhain, please feel free to reach out to us. We will relay questions to Patty. She is a teacher and loves to answer questions. (laughs) Yes, I am a nerd. And Uh, as a quick side note, there are a bunch of pre-done scripts from our old rituals on the othergods.org website. Yeah, and it's invaluable. There are tons of resources there for you. (laughs) Sam, did I miss anything? I don't think so. Uh, well, then that we're going to call it. Uh, we are approaching Samhain. It, we, I can't wish you a, 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 a happy Samhain yet, but <laughs> we'll, we'll get there, I promise. Uh, please reach out with any questions. We're happy to answer them or to forward questions to Patty. And that's basically it for this week. We will be back next week with another mini, mini microsode at patreon.com slash my spooky gay family. And we will be back wherever you're listening next Thursday, I believe. Oh, maybe not. No. Oh, it's the week after. Yeah. Oh, it's killing me. I just want to do it. <laughs> I know. Uh, it, I, I was thinking it would be Halloween kills, but it's not. No, it's not. No, it's not. Oh, it's not. Uh, but the week after. <laughs> <laughs> so you better see it quick. Uh, we will be back next week with a brand new episode wherever you're listening. So until then, stay spoopy and remember. Find the witch, may we burn her? Burn her! Who do you know she is a witch? She looks like one! Yeah, yeah, she does! Bring her forward. I'm not a witch, I'm not a witch! But you are dressed as one. They dressed me up like this. And this isn't my nose, it's a false one! Will? Well, we did do the nose. The news and the hat. But she's a witch! My Spooky Gay Family features music by Nate Walker, artwork by David Elon, and this episode contains clips from Monty Python and the Holy Grail, distributed by EMI Films 1975. Please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, leave us a nice message, and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Patreon, and YouTube. My Spooky Gay Family is a product of Barbara Duel Productions. Barbara Duel Productions.